Hey, what's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Televised Podcast. My name is Anna, and today we're going to be talking about all things Batwoman and Supergirl. I'm going to be talking about the past two Batwoman episodes because I was very upset with myself that I didn't catch up before my last episode of my last podcast episode to be able to talk about um, uh, episode. What episode was that? Like 514? Or was that this week? Anyway, I wasn't caught up for Batwoman, so I did not get to talk about it last week, unfortunately. But this week, I will be making up for it, and we're also going to be talking about Supergirl, which had an amazing episode, I thought, this week. It was such a good episode for me. I think it really worked really well for me, and it it really cemented the idea for me that um, Dreamer is a very important character, and... Sanver, uh, Sanvers, <laughs> Danson are like a really important uh, couple and we should see them on screen. And the show thrives when it focuses on its women. So I hope that that is what they took away from the episode. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be getting into that. And But first, first and foremost, I just want to say that I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone is healthy. Um, please, 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 please take care of yourselves. I know that this is the last thing you want to hear about right now. Everybody's talking about it, but I definitely just want to say, please, everyone, do not underestimate what is happening in the world right now. This is very serious, and I hope everyone is taking it very seriously, and I hope that everybody is um, enjoying the quarantine. Um, let me keep you company during the quarantine. Um, uh, but yeah, so again, I just want to express that I hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's doing okay. Hope everyone's staying inside. Hope everyone's practicing the utmost, uh, caution. And yeah, that's, that's really all I wanted to just get off right at, right, right at the start. Um, I just, you know, hope everyone's doing well. I know this is a really hard time for people, and I know that people have issues at home, and they hate being at home, especially college students who are coming home because uh, they're, you know, evacuating dorms and things like that. So I I just hope everyone is taking care of themselves both physically and mentally. Like, find things to do, find, you know, start that project you've been putting off, all that kind of stuff. So, and because I'm going to be home for the foreseeable future from college, um, I will probably end up doing some more deep dive episodes, uh, because I've been missing out on those, uh, because of how busy I've been because of college, um, but, so I'll probably pick those back up, uh, I've got, like, three weeks off of, of school where everything is suspended, and then from there, I'm not entirely sure, but we will, we will see, um, but again, I just hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, and let's get into it. So the last episode of Batwoman, not this week's episode, but the one before, was really, really good. I was so... And I think I, I touched on this in the last episode of my of my podcast last week where, you know, I'm so happy to be able to see Sophie's story being told on screen um, because it is a really important story and, and it's, it was really upsetting, you know, to have to watch as Sophie came out to her mom and her mom was like, you know, absolutely just rejected her. And, and that is such an upsetting story to have to watch. I kind of put off watching the episode for a little bit just because I didn't want to put myself through the pain of having to see that. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's so needed because so many people experience that story and so many people need that story need they need so Sophie's like end story you know what I mean like Sophie now is not what people like Sophie's the, the pain that Sophie's going through right now is really not what people need to see it's they need to see Sophie go through all this pain but then come out on top and you know like come out of it better and more you know just more confident in herself and more honest and things like that so I'm really excited to be seeing that uh the episode was pretty gross um 
I have issues with all the faces that Batwoman keeps just messing up. I'm like, stop with the skin. If, uh, you, I mean, I'm sure, well, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I am squeamish. So I have a really hard time with Batwoman when they start messing with people's faces and like peeling people's faces and like, it's so gross. And I just have such a hard time. But it's such a good show that I am, I'm not going to stop watching for that, but definitely have a difficult time with it, uh, which does suck. Um, especially because I really liked actually the villain of, uh, the Batwoman episode from two weeks ago, uh, Dula Dent, who in the comics is Joker's daughter, which was really interesting. I love that they're kind of pulling, like, they're not doing, like, Batman villains, which is really cool. Um, because I think that's something that Supergirl has issues with, where they're like, here we go, let's give you a Superman villain. Like, but this is Supergirl, like, she has her own villains, she has her own stories. And that's what I love about Batwoman, is that it seems like, even if maybe some of these characters didn't show up in Batwoman comics, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't read all of Batwoman's comics and stuff, but even if they didn't, it's still not like, oh, here's a Batman villain. Like, obviously, I know that Warner Brothers would never let them use the Joker in the first place, but it's still nice to have a change and to be able to be like, oh, you know, look at that. Like, there's a new character that we can explore because I thought especially the opening sequence where they basically illustrated what, like, body dysmorphia looks like. Like, what looking in the mirror and and seeing some like twisted version of your face looks like i mean it was really cool i really 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 thought that that was really cool obviously it wasn't like for representation's sake obviously because she was a villain and she ended up doing uh some really terrible things and uh ended the episode in a really bad place um but it it was really interesting to be able to see how they handled that and and it was really cool. I don't know. I just, I like to see villains on Batwoman who aren't associated with Batman. I really, really liked that. Um, and then even on to the next uh, episode where we had more gruesome Alice backstory, which actually I was prepared for it to be more gruesome because I was like, wait a minute. Like, what could be worse than this man making this little girl, like, sew together faces, you know? Like, what could possibly be worse? But I realized, like, that the point of the episode was to show that, like, mental or, like, you know, like, mind games can be even more impactful than, like, physical trauma that people go through. Like, Alice cracked because this old lady was so horrible to her. And, I mean, they did say that, you know, she did beat her and she obviously poured, like, hot tea on her hands and all this stuff. But it was also just, like, the psychological aspect of the torture that this old woman put her through. And obviously seeing her mother's it was terrible seeing her mother's severed head, which Alice had talked about before. So I kind of put the pieces together and I actually didn't watch. I didn't see the severed head. Um, I only saw it because Rachel Scarston posted a picture of her like with the head like on her Instagram story or something. So that's the only time that I actually saw it, but I knew that it was coming because I'm like, oh, gosh, he took her head because Alice, you know, had said before that that she, when the car crashed, her mother was decapitated and she watched as her severed head floated down the river, which is so gruesome and brutal and, and horrific. Like, it really is. And then to to see that in the freezer, like, of this, and uh, it was just so gross. Um, but I loved seeing Alice snap because it was so cool to be able to see as, like, the moment where Alice decided to finally, like, to finally put herself first and kind of compartmentalize everything to the point where she can survive. Because, you know, she was, like, breaking. She really was. And it, And it was really, 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 really upsetting to just have to watch. Oh, God, it was terrible. Um, 
And it was really interesting to see the way that Alice set Kate up this episode. Obviously, she set up both Kate and Jacob, but obviously it was more for Kate um, to be able to get her to kill Cartwright, which she did. Um, and people were saying like, oh, Batwoman just broke Batman's cardinal rule. I'm like, well, uh, good thing she's not Batman. Like, <laughs> good thing. Like, you know, like, obviously it does not. Like, let's let Batwoman be her own character, please. Can we please separate her from Batman? Like, in the comics and stuff, she is more brutal, more brutal than Bruce. She doesn't, she, she, I feel like Batman has that, like, weird sense of morality, like, that weird superior sense of morality that Kara kind of has, which I'll actually get into when I start talking about Supergirl, but, um, but, uh, Kate, you know, she's more brutal. She's like, I'm not gonna let people get away with stuff, like... But this, this Kate, you know, obviously she, um, didn't really, I, I mean, she didn't want to kill Cartwright. She tried to bring him back and she just couldn't. Like, it just, cause she, her mother is such a soft spot for her that she just snapped. And that was really interesting because, I don't know, I just, I, it was really interesting. And when Alice said, well commander kane or whatever she said looks like both your daughters are killers like that was really interesting especially because it's like now where do you draw the line between alice and kate and like what and now they're gonna bury a body together oh my god and (laughs) kate texting um kate texting sophie and being basically being like you up girl like (laughs) it was so funny oh my god oh my god but uh Oh, and then also in this episode, I really, really enjoyed Mary and Luke. They always go off on these little adventures. And I loved, I loved that Mary figured out that Kate is Batwoman. And she, she <laughs> she's being really passive aggressive about it. Like, she's like, oh, so it's like, you know, like real estate duties that is happening here like we're tracking down stuff for like real estate and Luke is like uh yeah and she's like okay it's just really funny I love the two of them so much they're so funny together they are so entertaining and I don't know am I alone in this where I kind of want them to date like I kind of do I kind of want them to date I just want to see like what what could go down between Mary and Luke (laughs) But I I hope that Kate, um, either in these next two episodes, can finally trust Mary, especially after that burn from Alice in, um, I can't remember what episode it was. I watched them, like, literally back to back, so I can't remember what episode it was, but when Alice was basically like, yeah, I know who Batwoman is, like, do you? And it was, it was really, because it, again, it just puts another thing in Mary's mind where she's like, oh, well, Kate cares about Alice more than she cares about me. And, you know, obviously Alice is still a very sore spot for Mary after she killed her mom, so. But anyway, I'm just really excited to see Alice and Kate have to work together because, I don't know, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. And the way, listen, the way that Alice was so upset and so happy to see her dad and she literally, like, called him daddy, I was like, I'm gonna start crying. Like, Alice did not deserve any of it. She didn't deserve to be hurt so bad. She's just a baby. Like, I am an Alice apologist, like, literally all the way. Like, all day, every day, I'm an Alice apologist. Okay, so that is the end of Batwoman spoilers. I hope everyone is enjoying Batwoman because it is such a good show. If you're not watching Batwoman, please, 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 please watch Batwoman. It is so good. It is so... When I tell you that it is so good, it's so good. Um... Yeah, so... Though, we're gonna get on to Supergirl, which it was episode... 515 it's called reality bites and basically it was advertised as the dreamer episode like the dreamer centric episode which is really really cool i was really really excited to see dreamer get the spotlight 
get an episode to all to herself kind of prove to the viewers and everything that she deserves like the spotlight that the show could be giving her kind of like prove her worth as a character and I think it absolutely did this episode worked wonders for me it was so good and I, I mean for me it was one of the best episodes of the season like the storyline felt so grounded and this is what I was talking about in the last uh, episode of my podcast where I'm like, this show, like, the season of the show doesn't feel grounded. Well, this episode felt really grounded because, it, of course, like, they're showing us characters that we care about going through these things that, you know, are relatable. I mean, Alex going into the VR world, you know, it wasn't necessarily relatable, but it was definitely, it was definitely um, more grounded than some of the stuff that we've been having to see, like, with Andrea and stuff like that, like, it definitely just felt more interesting because, duh, it's characters that we care about and characters that we've been with for, you know, five years. Surprise, people care more about characters that they've been with than the ones that you just introduce. Um, yeah, so it was really interesting, um, and I was just so proud of Nicole for being in the writer's room for this one, because it's, it was really great, it really was, like, it was, it was just such a good episode, like, oh, god, it was awesome. Um, so this time, I am actually pretty much gonna do, like, a recap kind of thing, I'm gonna talk about the most important stuff, and then obviously dive into, uh, some stuff that I want to talk about, but it's definitely gonna be more recap than rant this time hopefully. Um, okay, so in the beginning of the episode, we start out with a flashback, which is interesting because they could have done this a couple episodes ago if they wanted to give Kelly some screen time, but they didn't. So they decided to show us that Kelly had to fix a glitch in Obsidian Platinum, where the, like, basically the, the safeguard, like the call for help button, would just disappear <laughs> and it would go away and users uh then could not escape uh obsidian platinum they couldn't get out they were stuck um and so she we see the scene of her helping this man get out of obsidian platinum and she reports the issue to like the server or whatever you know she put in a report about it but the old leviathan lady is there so obviously some mess was afoot obviously nothing was going to be done about it but she didn't know that kelly had no idea um so then we see uh, nia actually fighting a dominator which was really cool i love that they constantly bring back the dominators because i think it's really funny because they're just like big giant like noodle punching bags basically um like i'll never forget when kara was fighting one during uh season three i think yeah season three during crisis on earth x right in the beginning kind of like montage she's fighting a dominator and she's like you are so last year. It is just so funny. Um, uh, but anyway, so we get to see Nia fight a dominator and Kara's like, you broke my record for fighting dominators. And it was really, really good. Um, it was really just so fun. I love, love, love seeing Nia's powers because they're so good. Like I love, <laughs> Nicole calls it like the power of the telephone cord. I love it so much and it looks really good like yeah the dominator looks a little iffy but it is CW CGI so we're gonna let it slide um but uh, I always think that her powers look really good so yeah and then okay so then Nia is like hey Kara don't you have a date to go on but then Brainy shows up and it's like basically heterosexual longing between Brainy and Nia and it's really sweet because it's like you can tell that they both miss each other so much but they're so stubborn and Brainy obviously just wants to keep Nia protected um and keep her at arm's length but Nia doesn't know that so she's like kind of cold and 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 pushed off from him um but it was a really interesting scene and it and it made me really sad it made me miss brainia so much i love them they're so good um okay so then kara goes back to her apartment and alex is there and alex is trying to figure out her like weird martian weapon thing but she's having a really hard time and she misses the deo and then kara's like well what shirt should i wear blue or purple and alex is like always go with blue. It's your color. But Kara chooses purple, <laughs> which 
I think means something. Like, it has to mean something, right? Like, they literally put the line in the script. Like, it has to mean something that she doesn't care about William as much as she thinks she does, right? Because otherwise, she would want to wear her best color. Like, what? Anyway, so then Kara also says, cancel it for me. Like, cancel the date. Like, this is like the fifth time Kara has talked about canceling this date and not wanting to go on it. I think the girl just doesn't want to go. Like, I get it, like, one or two times as a joke, like, saying, like, oh, I don't want to go. But five times being like, please, can I just not go on this date? Like, oh, my God. (sighs) Like, that's a lot. And I feel like the writers are trying to tell me something, but it's also maybe I'm just playing myself. I don't know. Um, But anyway, so then... um, Then we see Yvette and Nia. Uh, Yvette is Nia's roommate, and we haven't seen her since American Dreamer, I think, is the last episode we saw her in. Um, It's really cool because she is a trans woman, and she is played by a trans actress, which is amazing. Um, I'm always so happy to see this representation on Supergirl. Um, But anyway, so they're talking about going out. And Yvette's like, hey, you haven't been out since you broke up with that weird little man. I need you to come out with me tonight. I had a, I have a date. Come out with me. Please. I, I got a date through Upswipes, which is so funny because that comes from Legends of Tomorrow. If you remember from season three, yeah, season three, um, Ray started a company called Upswipes. Either he started it or he just worked there. I can't remember which it was, but it's basically instead of Tinder left and right, it's up and down. (laughs) They're like, it's more intuitive, which I mean, sure, (laughs) but it's really funny. Um, But I loved that they brought that into Supergirl because, again, for me, it just cements that the shows are all on the same plane. I love that. Um, I love the little reminders is basically what I'm saying. Like, I love to be reminded that we're all on the same earth now, you know? Um, So, yeah, they... Uh, then before we see Nia and Yvette going out, we see Kara and William are out and they're at presumably the alien bar and, uh, Al's alien bar and, um, they're playing pool and Kara is basically concentrating so hard on trying not to just knock the balls like everywhere because obviously super strength. Um, but yeah, so they're just like, listen, this date is like the most platonic thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Like, and I'm not even being delusional when I say that. Like, so many people are like, literally, what was that? Like, that was the most awkward date I've ever seen. It was, had zero chemistry. The two of them, they just looked like bros. And then even later in the episode, Kara punches William on the arm. Like, they don't talk about another date. They don't talk about going out again. They don't talk about how fun last night was. Like, none of that. There's no follow-up. It's just Kara punching William on the arm. Like, that is literally such a bro thing to do. It is absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, so... So then we get into kind of the meat of the episode where we see the the inciting incident, basically. So Yvette had put in her Upswipes profile that she was friends with Dreamer. And Nia's like, you're not even friends with Dreamer. Like, (laughs) and Yvette's like, she winked at me once. Okay, we're besties. And that ends up, unfortunately, being the thing that makes her a target to this character. I don't, I can't even be bothered to remember his name. Let's just call him Chad. He seems like a Chad. Am I right, ladies? Like, he seems like a Chad. Um, (laughs) so, so, so Yvette thinks she's meeting some guy. I can't even remember the fake name of the guy that the, that he had, but so she thinks she's meeting like some guy, let's just say Alan. She's meeting some guy she thinks is named Alan. They showed us the profile and everything, and she says they've been talking for a really long time, and she really likes him. She really, really likes him. So they go to this bar, and Nia keeps having these, like, dream flashes, and she can't decipher them. She can't make them out. She can't figure out what it means. 
Um, but then she goes into the bathroom. She's like, so Nia goes to the bathroom and she's like, all right, I just need a minute to like focus and calm down. But while Nia's in the bathroom, this guy Chad comes up and tries to strike at Yvette. She's like, I'm waiting for someone. And he's like, oh, well, okay. So then she goes outside because he says to meet her like in the alley, which is crazy. And then he comes outside, Chad. Chad comes outside and he's like, oh, is your boyfriend not here? Whatever. And then he d- he literally like beats her up. But we... We don't actually see it, which is so nice because that would have been really terrible. We don't see them. We don't see uh, Yvette actually getting beat up, which is, again, we didn't need to see it. We got the implication. Um, So Nia runs out and she's like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? And Yvette has a paper message for Dreamer that basically says, you need to stop being a superhero. You're a bad role model. You know, basically just railing on her for being a trans superhero and saying, you know what, no one needs trans superheroes, you're, you're, you're bad, you know, all this terrible, terrible, terrible stuff is written on this note. And so basically this guy had just seen in her, in Yvette's Upswipes profile that she was friends with Dreamer and he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna target you because you can get a message to Dreamer for me. So, yeah, it was really terrible. And then, so, Kara ends up coming over to Nia's place. And she's like, Nia, I just heard the news. Like, oh my god, this is terrible. And Nia is basically like, I am going to find this man and I'm going to end him. Like, straight up. She's like, I am out for blood and that's just how it's going to be. And Kara's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. We don't kill people, okay? We don't. We really don't. We shouldn't we shouldn't. And she's like, I get that you're mad, like, whatever. And Nia's basically like, listen, you would never understand in a million years what's going on here. You would never understand ever what is happening in this situation because you can't relate. You're not a trans woman. You would never know of the violence that we face. And how do you know, like, like, how are, how am I supposed to just sit around and let some guy beat up on all my friends in the name of hurting Dreamer, you know? And so people were kind of mad at Kara about that, about what she said. But unfortunately, first of all, we needed kind of uh, not an audience insert, but kind of like a, but I mean, kind of an audience insert. You have to kind of, for, for certain things, like Supergirl, obviously, like we watch a show and we know and we understand about trans issues and trans rights and things like that. But a lot of, like, the just, like, normal people who watch this show, they get really annoyed about the, like, quote-unquote PC stuff that Supergirl throws in. So they kind of have to put in, like, an audience insert to kind of, like, justify the things that happen on the show, um, which is really unfortunate. But also, I mean, it makes sense with Kara. Like, it makes sense. Her fatal flaw is the fact that she wants everyone around her to run on her morality code. Like, she wants to be the one to establish what style of justice happens and who's doing it and stuff like that. Like, she wants to be the bottom line of justice and stuff like that. Like, she does. She's done it a million times before. We've seen it with, like, how she's treated Lena in the past and with how she's treated, um, you know, like, certain characters in the past. I don't know. It's just like, uh, you know, certain... She just has this morality code that she does not want to break, period. And she doesn't want you to break it either, period. And and also, like, her fatal flaw is, is trying to give people second chances and doing hope speeches and stuff. And Nia even says, like, no hope speech can get you out of this. Like, no hope speech is going to help this man who has been beating up on my friends, period. Yeah, so... That was a really interesting scene, but I think it was really important, too, because not only, because people were like, well, why did we get, like, Kara saying all that? Well, yes, Kara said stuff, all that stuff, but Nia got to respond. Like, she got to have a voice on TV for trans people, you know? And obviously, like, Nicole was super okay with everything that was happening because she was so involved in the writing process, and she obviously felt like that was really important to have to hear on television, so... I think it was handled really well. 
Um, so then we go to commercial and we come back and Alex is fighting Alexo suit in the tower. Um, but she can't figure out her little wristwatch thing. Um, so then... Uh, we have a couple scenes where Alex goes to Kelly for help because Al from the alien bar, he said, hey, my brother is missing. I can't find him. He said that he was going on this virtual reality retreat to virtual Las Vegas in Obsidian Platinum, but I don't know where he is. I haven't heard from him and I'm really worried. Can you help me, Jean and Alex, at your PI uh, establishment? <laughs> And so they decide to go investigate together. And, and Alex is like, hey, I know the best source for Obsidian Platinum information. So she's like, hey, Kelly, can you help me go into VR? Um, so it was really interesting because Kelly actually got to talk on screen. And so she got to describe what Obsidian is and what it's like and all this stuff. And it was really cool. And I'm like, why have you been saving this for the last, like, five episodes of the season? Like, this is such a cool storyline. And yet we've heard nothing about it, of course. And, you know, like I was talking about last week, like, we hardly know anything about Leviathan. I mean, we got a little tease at the end of the episode, which I'll talk about. But it's like, why wait until the last five episodes of the season? Like, it's crazy. I mean, I think it's clear by now that this storyline is going to continue into season six. And honestly, it makes me a little nervous that season six is going to be the last season of Supergirl, um, which makes me really sad. I mean, it really does. It really bums, bums me out to even think about that. Um, so I hope that's not the case, but it kind of seems like this is the biggest bad that Supergirl is ever going to face, you know? Um, but obviously, like, all production is halted right now for pretty much everything, so we'll have to see if they even get to finish out season five. I mean, I hope so, but it would, you know, it would definitely put a wrench in things if they didn't even get to finish the season. But anyway, so Alex goes into Obsidian Platinum and she's like, hey, there's all these other realities of me that I could be. And we actually saw Super Alex as one of those realities. And we also saw Alex with a baby. We saw Alex with long hair. I don't know. That one was weird. <laughs> and then we saw Dr. Alex, you know, if she had actually like finished medical school and stuff. Um... So that was really, really interesting to actually see. Um, and so Alex just decides to go into virtual Las Vegas. She's like, all right, let's go. Like, and it is so cool. And they've got like non-player characters. And Alex goes around trying to find this house that was on this invitation. And so she can't find it. And then she looks out the window and there's this creepy ass house on the hill. And I'm like, yeah, no one should go in there. That is like horror movie house. Like, why would you go in there? And apparently it's a, it's an escape room. I don't know. But all I know is that Obsidian is really, 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 really cool. And I feel like they kind of let an opportunity go to waste by hanging on for so long to like wait to, to actually introduce it into the world. Because, you know, we could have had some really, really awesome scenes. And yet, here we are. But that's okay. Um, yeah, so then Alex walks into this haunted house and there are these guys and they're trapped in these containers. And basically what Kelly says, so Kelly is like kind of her like, kind of like the God voice in this, in this uh, situation where she's like talking to Alex from outside, but Alex can hear her as if she's in like an omniscient presence, basically. And she can see, I think, what's going on inside of the VR. So Alex is like, damn, this is like the time that guy from high school kidnapped me and put me in a tank. And she's like, yeah, it seems to be like feeding on people's worst fears and stuff like that, which is really creepy. So Alex decides, okay, I'm going to use my Martian like weapon to get these poor men out of these tanks. And so she does and it works perfectly. There's no, you know, no struggling with it, no nothing. It becomes what she wants it to become and it works like magic. And she breaks the tanks and it's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, so... Nia calls the police now. So she calls the police and she's like, hey, 
have you made any headway on my friend's case? Because Nia basically told Kara, she's like, you know what? I'll give you and the police like two days and then I'm going after him, okay? I'm going to break his kneecaps, okay? (laughs) And so she calls the police and she's like, hey, have you heard anything? Have you got anything back? And they're like, no. Basically saying like, this case is not a priority for us. We are doing the best that we can, blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of to point out that the trans community is a community that slips through the cracks of the um, police and law enforcement uh, departments in our government and stuff. Uh, They are definitely a community that suffers because of negligence by the police and uh, law enforcement. So Nia's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make an upswipes profile and I am going to go after this guy. Like, that's just how it's gonna be. So she does. So she makes an upswipes profile and she basically says, hey, I am friends with Dreamer, like I'm besties with Dreamer, come get me, basically. So then we go back to the VR and Alex gets disconnected from Kelly. So she's like, oh my god, like what am I going to do now? So she goes through and she kind of faces all these trials and stuff and Jean is on the outside and he's doing his own investigating because obviously if you're in VR your body is still in the real world so he's like I'm trying to find this guy's body and so he goes to this address can't remember where they found it and so he talks to this guy's what to to this to this lady and he says hey like this is the last known location of this guy that we are looking for can you help us and she's like haha no i don't know that guy but then all of a sudden it turns into oh i hang out with that guy uh but only online we have a vr affair so they're having a vr affair and her apparently her husband is a massive creep he's like super duper creepy and she's scared of him or whatever and She's like, well, we both do our own things, but uh, obviously he's got a problem with that. So, Jean is basically like, oh god, he is getting revenge on this guy that his wife is having an affair with. Anyway, so then we see, uh, well, actually, then we see Kara and William researching some stuff about the trans community and again that's where the pat on the shoulder happens like are you kidding like this is crazy and William he actually you know he spouts off a couple of uh facts and he says that most of these attacks on on the trans community go unreported and most oftentimes misreported because they're misgendered in their um articles and in the police reports and stuff like that which is extraordinarily upsetting and people were mad that like people were mad before the episode even came out that William kind of got to do that because of um a review that was posted um but it worked it was a great scene I thought especially like again they're just bros like this is ridiculous like and it kind of feels like they totally retconned the romance in like one episode (laughs) maybe we had nothing to be mad about but anyway so Alex is in the VR and she finds this guy and basically the man, that woman's husband, he set it up so that this guy will explode like randomly, just like randomly. He's like, there's no rhyme, there's no reason, I just blow up and then I come back and then I have to do it again. And he's like, the pain is unbearable, I am very upset by it and and yeah, so it's it's a really, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And so, um, yeah, so it's just, it's terrible. So, John ends up finding the guy, like, not Al's buddy, but the guy, like, who's torturing everybody. So, he finds him in this hotel room and he phases through the wall. And so, the guy is like, oh, yeah, this guy just phased through my wall. You know what I'm going to do? Fight him. Like, what? You stand no chance, my guy. And so, Jean fights him and then we kind of see his eyes like he's got the obsidian like lenses still in 
but the eye like his eyes are like red around them and it's like oh he's dead dead like he's like brain dead it's really weird or like he's like physically dead but his body like his mind is still i don't know we'll get back to that later because something creepy happens at the end of the episode um oh yeah but but then so nia matches with the creepy ass guy on upswipes and she's like you know what let's meet i'm really hyped to meet you let's go and so she meets with this guy, Chad, out in the alley because he's a creep and he likes to beat people up in the alley. And Nia shows up as Dreamer. She doesn't even show up as Nia. She shows up as Dreamer. And she's like, I am going to kick your ass into next week, my guy. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and it was awesome. She gave this speech that was so good. She had him wrapped up like her telephone cord was around his neck it was so awesome and then Kara shows up and she's like hey don't let him turn you into a killer don't let him win because then he gets the satisfaction of making you violent he gets the satisfaction of saying look she isn't a good role model obviously he would be dead but you know what I mean. Like, he gets the satisfaction of turning Nia into something she's not. And it was such a good scene. It was so good because it, it it showed Kara grounding Nia and pulling her out of her anger and saying, Hey, look, the community doesn't need a killer. The commu- Your community doesn't need a killer. Your community needs a hero. And... I really liked that. I don't know. Some people had differing opinions on it. You should let me know what you thought about Kara and Nia's moment for that. Like, while, uh, basically, it's Dreamer and Supergirl. The Dreamer and Supergirl moment. So, let me know what you think. Um, I really liked it. But that's just me. So, then we see uh, Nia is hanging out on the balcony of Catco. And Kara sees her and she comes out and... Nia basically just says that everything lately has been piling up onto her, like Brainy breaking up with her, um, you know, just all of this stuff like with Leviathan and Lex Luthor and Crisis and just everything is piling up on her and she can't shake it. And she's like, you know, she couldn't figure out how to, how to stop her mom from dying. She couldn't stop Yvette from being attacked. She was really upset. And so Kara is hugging her, but, and Nia is crying and Nicole does such a beautiful job. And you know that that scene was so heartbreaking and so hard to shoot, but it was, it was incredible. The work that Melissa and Nicole did for that, for that scene. It was so awesome. Um, And actually, I was watching the episode with my sister because obviously we're all on lockdown, so we're we're doing stuff together. And so I was like, hey, do you want to watch Supergirl and Batwoman tonight? She's like, sure, why not? And so we were watching that episode together and we were watching the scene and, and she's sitting next to me and she's sobbing. I'm like, oh my God, like that is how impactful you know, that scene was. She'd never seen an episode of Supergirl. She's never seen anything with Nia, anything with anything. But she's sitting next to me and she is sobbing because of what Nia is saying. It was really, it was, it was a really emotional moment. It was really, it was awesome. And not that my sister was crying, but you know what I mean? Like, it was such a powerful moment. And it was, it was, such a Supergirl moment. Like, that is what the series is about. These powerful emotional moments. Like, Supergirl is built on emotion. And I I miss that. So, Kelly is... Once they pull... Uh, it, it turns out it's Corbin Blue. First of all, I didn't even notice that. It is Corbin Blue who was playing Al's friend. I was like, is that Corbin Blue? <laughs> Um, so once they pull Corbin Blue out of, uh, Obsidian and get everything figured out, Kelly basically has to be like, like, oh my god, no one fixed my glitch. Like, no one fixed the glitch that I reported months ago. And, you know, no one cares, and I have to fix Obsidian now. So she's kind of shouldering the weight of Obsidian. Um, and then Brainy, who had been searching throughout the whole episode, he's been helping Kara search for these anti-trans communities online. He goes to the police and he's like, here, I did all your research for you. Now, please do something about this. 
and it was awesome. It was so cool. <laughs> um, so then at the end of the episode, Alex shows up at Kara's uh, apartment and she's like, I just got a call from Eliza. And listen, my heart dropped because my worst fear was that it would be like Eliza calling to say that something was wrong and she was dying or like calling to say goodbye or something. I'm like, I cannot deal but she was just calling to say that Jeremiah is dead, which I'm kind of glad that we got to wrap up this storyline because it's been around for so long. It's been such an extensive storyline throughout the series and they've kind of forgot about it, but I'm glad that they can kind of wrap him into Leviathan. I'll be really interested to see how that goes. Um, so yeah, that'll be really interesting. I'm excited to see what happens next week with Jeremiah and stuff. So we will have to see. But um, so then after we get this information, we see basically in the final uh, moments of the season or of the season of the episode that the guy is in the hospital that Jean put the beat down on um, the husband, you know, of the woman. He's in the hospital and his eyes are still effed up like they're messed up and the creepy leviathan lady is like let me take him so she wheels him into this area where there's a bunch of people like wrapped in like hospital bedding or like tinfoil or something i don't know and they're like literally sitting there like floating in the air and it's like so creepy and i'm like baked potato people but it's really interesting because I think they're, like, collecting people to, like, remain in the, like, Leviathan, or, like, yeah, basically the Leviathan slash Obsidian interface. And their bodies just remain, like, in stasis. Which, or they're, like, keeping their bodies there to, like, make them zombies or something. I don't know. I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. I hope that we can kind of, because if they, obviously, they have to continue this storyline into season six, because I can't imagine that it just goes away, or, like, that they can just resolve it in season five, um, but I'm really interested to see what will happen with this, and with, um, like, the way that it'll go, like, the direction that it'll go, because obviously, like, basically we've all been saying since the beginning of the season that Obsidian is going to be connected to Leviathan and probably going to be used to mind control people, and that's probably why Lena is still working on the Q-Wave project, because they need her to, to undo all the mind control from Leviathan. I'm just curious how it's going to all play out. I am very curious. It was, it was a really, really, really good episode. It was really good. I really genuinely enjoyed it. And you know what? Again, it proves that our petition that we have been going around is valid because it's like, hey, yes, your episodes are better when Kelly, Alex, Nia, when they're in it and they get substantial storylines. Like, this episode was really good. And, and, that's why, like, this is why we started the petition in the first place to, say, look, we want more of these characters. And again, like, just because they gave them one centric episode doesn't mean that their work is done, you know? So obviously, keep signing the petition, keep putting it out there, keep sharing, keep tweeting, all this stuff. Um, you know, keep talking about Nia, keep talking about Danson, keep talking about Kelly, keep talking about Alex, keep talking about these characters and hopefully we will see them be treated better in the future. Um, but this episode really kind of hit it out of the park for me. I hope you guys agree. I hope you guys liked this episode a lot. Um, I hope you guys liked this episode of the podcast. Back to kind of a more positive vibe. I am so happy to be more positive because as much as I... Uh, as much as I like being able to rant and being able to talk about my feelings about Supergirl, I hate having to do it because it sucks. It sucks to have to, like, shit on your favorite show. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just, it really, like, it really makes me mad that, you know, like, the show will pull some of the stupid shit that they pull and stuff. So I'm always happy to talk about it in a positive light. Um, if you haven't yet, please go onto IMDb, go to Reality Bites, sign in with Google, and then go and rate it 10 out of 10. 
I'm not even joking when I say that you have to rate it 10 out of 10 because there are so many transphobic people on IMDb trying to downvote the episode to tank the rating because they're transphobic. And we can't have that. No, no, no. No, we can't have that. So, go give the episode a 10 out of 10 on IMDb. Please, 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 please. If you can, I mean, it's super easy. You can literally just sign in if you have, like, a Gmail or something, like, and they won't send you anything. Like, just sign in. (laughs) Give it a rating because it deserves a higher rating. I think it is currently sitting at a 7 out of 10, and it deserves higher than that because it's one of the best episodes of the season. So, I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, so be sure to like, subscribe, rate. You can leave me a review on iTunes if you feel uh, so inclined. Um, Follow on Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, You know the drill. If you want to tell me your feelings, you can leave a comment down below. I love reading all your guys' comments. And if uh, you don't listen on YouTube, you can tweet me at TelevisedPod. Let me know what you think. And I hope that you guys have a good week. I hope that this next episode of Supergirl is really good. It's the Super Alex episode. We are not going to be seeing a lot of Kara because Melissa is, for this episode, Melissa was preparing for her directorial debut. So we will not be seeing a lot of Kara this week, but I am still very intrigued. It'll kind of be like the episode before... Uh, Katie Lotz's episode of Legends, kind of like where she kind of shows up probably like at the beginning and the end. Uh, Because, you know, obviously directing takes a lot of prep work. You have to make storyboards, you gotta get locations, you gotta do all that stuff. It's really annoying. Um, So yeah, that's why we won't be seeing a lot of Kara next week. Um, But yeah, so I hope everyone enjoys the next episode. I hope everyone enjoys the next Batwoman. And I will see you guys next week with a new episode. Bye.